morning, everybody. Five past five. It's Wednesday morning. It's Ow Day. Injection Day. It's, uh, I'm afraid, flu jab. A lot of the, uh, the doctors are running surgeries and lots of chemists are running uh, clinics as well, so you can have your flu jab. My advice is, if you're in an at-risk category or you're over the age of 65, go get your flu jab. It takes but seconds to do it. And, uh, and if you're under... Uh, 65, and you're not in a high-risk category, get it done anyway. I think it... I can't remember how much it costs in some of the chemists. It could be anywhere between 8 and £12. Pounds. I've really got no idea. But they actually do it, and it's, it's done in a minute, and it might protect you this winter, which they are predicting is going to be bad weather-wise. And once people get cold... And you remember yesterday, Holly sort of started sneezing. By the time we got to the studio, I was sneezing. But you can always tell when, when you're, when you're going to get a cold. No, you can always tell because you start thinking... Yeah, start sanitising the hands again. Do it now. But uh, nothing else yesterday. I didn't, didn't cough, didn't sneeze, didn't wheeze, didn't do anything at all. But it is noticeably colder. It really is. Anyway, I trust you're well. doesn't matter who you are this morning. You might be a policeman going into your uh, to start your shift. You might be a circus that's packing up and uh, heading off to the, uh, to the next place. I mean, you could be going absolutely anywhere today. Or failing that, you might just have woken up thinking, what goodies has LBC 97.3 got for us this morning? And the answer is... It's Noxie on the front page of every paper, like it was yesterday. Uh, only this time she passed through Heathrow and she got VIP treatment. Uh, she has undoubtedly set to make millions. I'm, I'm, I can only say that in America they are sifting through tons and tons of offers. She will be doing Oprah. Uh, she will be doing a book. There will be a film. And unfortunately, the... Uh, the girl who lost her life, the parents are nowhere near finding out what happened. They've got no idea. They were told there were two people involved, and there's one still in prison, and now there's nobody else. Some of the papers were suggesting yesterday that if they managed to get an extradition order, if they managed to sort of push this through the courts again, and the Italian courts are somewhat odd, it has to... You only have to watch them to realise that for the first few weeks... It's almost like a shouting match where you've got no idea what anybody's doing. People wander in and out and sort of chat away. And then they say, right, we're going to be doing this. And then all of a sudden, you know, and I wonder really if if Amanda Knox's parents hadn't been millionaires, whether or not they could have done this campaign. I wonder. But, uh, but the sad thing is that there's a girl dead at the end of it and the parents are just sitting there going, who? Who? Can somebody tell us? Can somebody help us on this? You don't know it, do you? We've had some dreadful stories over the past couple of days. We had the, uh, the man who was murdered in prison, a convicted paedophile of having sex with a 13-year-old girl, and uh, he was murdered by two inmates who apparently had been watching a Jack the Ripper film on the television only a week before. They go into his cell, as was described yesterday, and what they've done is, even though you can't have knives in prison, they fashioned a knife out of razor blades... Uh, embedded into toothbrush holders, and they held him down and disemboweled him. Six police officers, four, I think, have actually gone off with stress at the thought of going in and finding him in his cell, which they said was the most awful sight they've ever seen. And you begin to wonder, because I saw the film Scum, and Scum was a film where the prison warders in this particular borstal would turn a, a, a blind eye. And if you remember, there was that great line, I'm the daddy now. And that was Ray Winston, who went into the prison. It's, it's a real shocking film. I mean, it's a shocking film on every level that it's so believable. There's a, there's a dreadful scene in there where a young man takes his own life because uh, of what has happened to him inside prison. And the prison warders turned a blind eye. 
And when he started pushing his alarm bell in the in the cell, they just ignored it. Unfortunately, he decided that he couldn't cope with it anymore, and so he took his own life. And so people walked out of the cinema after scum in, in dead silence. I saw it at the Prince Charles Cinema, just up here in Leicester Square. And ev- all the people waiting, because when we were waiting to go in, the, the, the previous showing were coming out, and people were coming out really quiet. And you think, oh. I can't remember why we were, it was those days where you would queue up to go and see a film. I wouldn't queue to see any film now. There's nothing uh, on my agenda that would suggest I would... I wouldn't even queue to see a Harry Potter film. I wouldn't even queue for an iPhone. And that was a bit of a letdown yesterday. Did you notice? They only launched one. I'll tell you exactly what one it was a little bit later on. But we were expecting two. They only launched one, and and it hasn't got the coverage in the newspapers that I thought it would have done. Whereas had they launched two, that would have been plastered over everything. But absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, other stories of the papers, because it's the Pride of Britain Awards tonight. And uh, we talked about that yesterday on the programme, mainly because we didn't actually have a copy of the Daily Mirror, so we couldn't look at the pictures. So they're, they're in there today, lots of pictures of, of some really top-line stars who went along the Saturdays. Peter Andre, people like that. Somebody who's in Coronation Street, somebody who's in a boy band. You know, the usual sort of things. And, uh, and then you've got Nancy Delusional. Poor soul, honestly. I mean, bless your heart, Nancy, but we all wish you'd go home to Italy, I'm afraid. We're bored with you in this country. And uh, she claims somebody sabotaged her dress. Because remember, she was trying to dance at the feather boa bit because she's so... I can't... Thick-skinned, I think, would be the word for it. Leathery-looking, but uh, certainly thick-skinned. And uh, she claims somebody sabotaged the dress. When she went to get it, it was wet, as if somebody had thrown some water over it. And, of course, so it just makes up for the fact that poor, poor Nancy's not a very, very good dancer. Some of them are, are, are good dancers. Some of them are not very good. But it's just another, just another dancing programme, I'm afraid. Um, uh, there was a story in the paper today. What was it about? It was about, um, oh, people losing weight. You get a lot of that in the paper today because of this government tax they want to bring on on fat food, which is great, you know, that's good. But it doesn't help the people who can't afford to eat properly, although that's always been an excuse And I've always maintained you can eat very healthily, very cheaply. You can go to markets, you can buy fruit, vegetables. You can, you know, I mean, you can really buy lots of cheap... At the end of the day, all sorts of uh, places are trying to get rid of food. Go around the supermarkets, you can get cheap food. It doesn't have to be bad food. You don't have to eat all the rubbish that they sell on the high street, you know, where it's got 20 burgers for £2 and that kind of thing. That's, That's crap food. You don't want to eat that. I know that mums go, well, I can't be bothered to cook. And then Jamie Oliver goes on television and shows you how you can cook a meal for four for a fiver. And it's nutritious, n- 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 nutritionally good for you, it's healthy, and the kids enjoy it. But no, no, they'd rather have a burger. And have you seen the price of this stuff? I mean, I know it's only £2 for maybe a burger or a pizza, you know, one ninety nine 7-inch pizza together with, you know, fries and a drink or something like that. But it's, it's rubbish food. It's rubbish food. Uh, we found somebody else, I'm afraid, from uh, my big fat gypsy wedding... She was living on the site, unfortunately, claiming benefits, claiming she wasn't living with her old man. This one, this old fraudster, Chavelle Price, managed to defraud us of 63,000... Chavelle. I know. I don't know what... I don't know... I don't know what the French for horse is. Chavelle. Oh, you think it is? Oh, oh it is. Oh, right. Well, there you go. She, uh, she was only caught when she submitted planning applications for a site in Wolverhampton in her and her husband's name. I mean, she's an old fraudster, and frankly, we should put her in prison. I mean, this, uh, she was claiming for uh, 1999, 10 years, £63,000. What an old fraudster. But there again, they're all over the place, these people. There's another woman you will not believe in the papers today. Her benefit fraud, I mean, it's so disgusting, you can't 
believe it, was to shave her son's hair and say he had cancer in a benefit fraud which cost us, over seven years, £100,000. And for some reason, because of, um, because of uh, reporting restrictions, we're not allowed to identify her. I don't care what she is. She's filth. This is absolutely disgusting. Uh, she appeared uh, before Gloucester magistrates and is due to return in December for committal to Crown Court. Why can't we just... Why can't we just imprison her now? I don't quite see the point of sort of keeping her out. She's got separate charges with a man of perverting justice and making false claims that a ten-year-old boy was ill to get benefits. Her son is now nine and her daughter seven. And uh, she made her son look ill between the ages of five and seven and her daughter from three to six. It's obviously quite easy. You just shave their head and go, they've got cancer. But for anybody going through this at the uh, the moment, you'll know how awful... Oh, I must show you this picture. I must show you this picture if I can find it. I probably won't better find it, actually, because it was... You never can. I can never find them, I'm afraid. Oh, Cheryl Cole is going to invent herself with a major new Channel 4 show. God, how awful. And, um... Oh, find it. Oh, it's nice. I like to hear about... Um, uh, poor old Jordan, a split from the boyfriend. Oh, I had heard. Apparently, yes. she couldn't speak English. It's nothing to do with him. He's <laughs> actually very, very good at. Oh. Jodie Marsh. Yeah. Bodybuilding has made me feel sexier. Shame it doesn't make you look sexier, dear. You might feel sexier. What are these breasts doing here? Excuse my tummy. What is going on oh, here? Oh, I mean, dear. if anything, look fake and disgusting. Look, look. Oh. Dear. I mean, she's very fit. I guess yes. you can say that, can't you? Yes, she is very, very fit. But anyway, it's made her feel sexier, and she's going to find men. No, you're not, love. <laughs> I don't want to be rude about it, but frankly, that bodybuilding look with that horrible brown colour is not attractive. Not attractive at all. It doesn't matter, though, does it? I know people, but I know bodybuilders. And I don't know why they can't find a colour that, that looks good. But, uh, you know, there you go. There you go. I mean, she does look like she's got gravy browning on. I mean, it looks absolutely cheap, tacky. And with her revolting fake breast, which looked like somebody stuck two balloons on the front, it just looks awful. Because mainly probably... Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It never ceases to amaze me how easy it is for, for people who are claiming asylum in this country to try and cheat the system by coming up with new ways of trying to get round it. We had the case yesterday of, uh, of a lady called Zhu Fang Zhang. And uh, she came here as a failed asylum seeker, she was refused entry and within a short space of time had got herself pregnant. And, um, and so they then went, oh, right. So they then put it into the disputes procedure. Uh, in the meantime, she then gets herself pregnant again and has another child, then another child and now twins. And the reason that we can't send her back to China, bearing in mind this woman can't speak English, she's been here for eight years now, illegally, she can't speak any English, is because if she goes back, China has a rule, only one child per family. And so this will be in breach of her human rights. It's turned into a bit of a farce. So we're now stuck with her here. She says, I want to be British, but she's made no effort to be British at all. You know, you'd, you'd think somebody would learn to speak the language, but um, she hasn't. And so she says here, here, it's, it's very friendly. Of course it is, because everything's been given to you. You know, in China, everybody's got to work for everything. You know, we would all love that kind of situation, wouldn't we? Not actually having to work, be given a £2 million house, not that she's got it, but we have had cases of this before where families arrive over and then what they do is pretend that they've split up so they get two properties. And, you know, and there are people, there's that family living in Ealing, aren't there? They've all got nice cars and televisions. I should imagine there's a lot of elderly people listening at the moment. Don't live in a £2 million house or drive a nice car or have a, a brand new television. 
I mean, it's, it, it is absolutely unbelievable when you think about it. It really is. 84850, uk. Can the dresses on Strictly Come Dancing be any more revealing? Can they be any more re- I mean, frankly, they leave very little to the imagination. You've got Chelsea Healy. I've no idea who Chelsea Healy is dancing on the programme, but uh, she's obviously trying to make a name for herself. Uh, Patsy Palmer was wearing very little when she did Series 3, I think. Christine Bleakley. God, she's eight. Uh, she was in Series 6. Uh, Penny Lancaster did Series 5. Emma Bunton did Series 4. And it was Natasha Kaplinsky shining in her cha-cha dress in Series 1. So, the, so they, they've looked at all the dresses, and some of them are quite nice. Now they're coming down to, you know, really quite quite sort of high cut for people of a certain age. I did watch Lulu dancing and I did think that when when she's having to do fixed dancing, as I said yesterday, she's not very good. When she's allowed to freestyle, easy peasy, because she's very good at freestyle dancing and she does it very, very well indeed. But uh, it was just once watching poor old... um, Nancy DeLolio and uh, she wasn't doing at all well and it was just embarrassing and you know we all thought no you're practically you know down the leaderboard more pictures of uh, Jodie Marsh glamour model not for about 500 years I don't think and um, she just looks awful I mean I think that what happens with bodybuilders is they don't see what we see I think what they see is an image in a mirror she probably thinks she looks great oh her efforts were all for a TV documentary shown uh, it's called Jodie Marsh Bodybuilder on some channel nobody's ever heard of. As long as she thinks she looks great, that's fine. But she doesn't look great. She looks absolutely awful. Absolutely dreadful. The bodybuilding world is, is littered with people with emotional problems and they get so into it. You'll have seen the pictures of Kenzie. Little Kenzie, who used to be in a boy band where they just walked backwards and forwards and uh, sang a couple of songs, has got his own little gym now and spends a lot of time twittering pictures of his uh, of his torso. I believe he's also got a couple of uh, numpties from The Only Way is Essex working out down there. It becomes an obsession for people. They start drinking healthy shakes and uh, and you, you can all spot a bodybuilder because they're always because they can't find clothes that fit because they're triangular shapes. So they end up, the blokes, with T-shirts which are cut right the way along the top and jeans with the biggest legs because they can't get their legs together because they're so pumped up and they become very angry like that. That's almost a very good impression, actually, of a bodybuilder uh, becoming very angry with everything because there's so much pent-up frustration and frustration, of course, is terrible. And so they go around. All they want to do is just put their little bikinis on, cover themselves with bisto, look in the mirror and go, don't I look great? And we're going, you look awful. But then they probably think that we look bad too. Uh, new drug for, uh, for diabetes, a daily pill which could treat or even cure diabetes a step closer. This has uh, huge implications for the 2.5 million Britons suffering from type 2 diabetes and unhealthy lifestyles set to send the figures soaring. They've said in the future... We are a nation, like like America, of people who are prone to putting on weight because of the rubbish we're putting in our bodies. Nobody eats healthily uh, because what we want is fast food. So we live on a diet of baked beans, pizzas, doner kebabs, cheap chicken, you know, all, all the sort of usual rubbish, which is bad for you. I've said a million times, if, unfortunately, Kentucky Fried Chicken didn't have the coating that the dear Colonel invented years ago, the chicken would be lovely. It's the fact it's got that really unhealthy, makes you fat as a house coating on it, and people sit there, and you do see more... Fa- I mean, if I was running a Kentucky, I'd have to say to somebody, I'm sorry, not, no, no, not for you today. I'm doing you a favour, out you go. You know, go and have a salad. But no, it's addictive. It's like chocolate. People become addicted to chocolate. 
and and you can't help them. You can be addicted to absolutely anything. You can be addicted to sprouts. Imagine, huh, what sort of person would that be, ladies and gentlemen? Somebody who's addicted to, to Christmas, I ask you. Somebody who's addicted to watching Eamon Holmes on the television, that would be limited. But he did turn up the other day on Loose Women, talking about the National Health Lottery, which is Richard Desmond's little money earner at the moment. It's, it's a new spinner for him. And uh, Eamon, I'll do anything for money, Holmes, um, was going to be presenting it. Well, now he's not. Uh, he's had to step down because, they say, it's a possible conflict of interest with his role on Sky Television. I can't imagine why, because uh, he, he, he mentioned it briefly the other day. He's, he's going to be an ambassador for it. For that, it'll be Richard Desmond going, we're paying him how much? Fine's normally cheaper. And so they found her. Melinda Smug uh, Messenger, I'm afraid, is going to be presenting it. A most ghastly presenter, I'm afraid. I'm sure she's really sweet, but God knows. Luckily, it only lasts for 30 seconds. These are the numbers. And as she's a former glamour model, she can just stand there and stick her chest out and we'll all go, oh, riveting. So Melinda is thrilled to land it. I know, it's always nice being second choice, Melinda, isn't it? Because you certainly weren't first choice, I'm afraid. So uh, she's going to be doing it, and Eamon's not, which is good news for us. I'm quite warming to the wife. She'd half have to put up with a lot. Apparently, they have separate cars going into work. When they're going into work, um, they uh, they have separate cars, because he apparently leaves everything to the last minute, which, you know, it's OK, fine. Uh, when she was in Celebrity Big Brother, the other housemates said that Melinda Messenger was like Darth Vader. <laughs> Is that what they said? D- oh, right. If you were a Star Wars character, and she'd be, oh, Darth Vader, how funny. I wonder why. Is that because she's a little bit peculiar? I mean, she is, you know, she, yes, she's a little bit ruthless. She, uh, she has the same makeup artist, and boy does it show, as Jordan, which kind of gives you a rough idea of where we're coming from here. And uh, she used to work in Swindon for a double glazing company. And, uh, and then she discovered the lights of getting her boobs out. And so she became the calendar. And it's like, oh, look at me. And then she started turning up and she's got that, she's got that irritant factor. She's got a husband who's, uh, who's a little bit too, looks like he should be in a boy band. Very, very pretty. And uh, then they split up a short while ago. I was totally convinced it was one of those. We'll split up and then we'll get back together again. And then he went off to America. Because they all do that, don't they? They all go to America to see if they can forge a career. She's only a girl who gets her boobs out. That's all she is. We've seen her presenting on television. It's lame. It is la- it's, it's a bit like watching. You know, I think people think in this day and age, and I'm, I'm sorry to sort of bring it down to this, I think they, they see people on the television and think, oh, I can do that. Or they listen to somebody on the radio and think, I can do that. And what she has. Yeah, I know, but she, on all the crap, you know, channels, she's never done anything mainstream. They just sort of get her out there and she trowels on the makeup. She's a bit like The Only Way is Essex. I mean, the very idea that Cheryl Cole could actually present a programme on television, I find almost laughable. Bad enough watching poor old Peter Andrex getting out there, attempting to doing something interesting, which he can't, but they all turned up for Pride of Britain. Well, I mean, I say when they all turned up, that's like you can't keep them away. There are those people who are just so desperate for the publicity that they'll turn up. So, you, so you've got the Saturdays, and uh, always nice to see the Saturdays, because you know four of them, but you don't know the one who sings, do you? And, no, you know Molly from the Saturdays, and Rochelle? Oh, right, she doesn't know any of them next door. Ro- Ro- Rochelle, oh, you know Frank, yeah, Fra- Frankie Samford. Well, um, you, you've got Molly who's in the Saturdays, then you've got Rochelle, sort of talk like a bloke, a bit like that, and then you've got the one who is bigger than the other girls but she does the singing and that's the trouble with all these groups and i've never met anybody who knows her name i've said who's that and they go i don't know i've gone she's in the saturdays they go like you no we know frankie we know molly and we know rochelle and then there's another one who might or might not be called holly or something like that and then there's 
Then there's a slightly larger one, but she's the one who sings. The others are just there as eye candy. We know Talisa now, but Talisa could probably walk down the street and I don't think you'd know who it was. We were talking to, uh, to a friend of ours, Mike, the other day and he was, he was coming in here and walking towards him down the corridor was John Cleese. And he went, John Cleese was in the building. And John Cleese wanted to use the toilet. But somebody has posted a note on the, on the toilet door just around the corner here. Caution, men working on stairs. So John Cleese had a look in there and went, there are no stairs in here. Why are there? And, uh, and Mike said, it, it was quite exciting, really. He said, because I'll dine out on the fact that I bumped into John Cleese in the corridor. You know, just, just heading down. Was he coming into LBC? 97.3, was he? God. There's, there's an interesting one. Uh, they've also got Christine Bleakley. Hiya. And it's so funny, the other day they were saying, oh, we're in our first year or something and still onwards and upwards. I thought it was still downwards and downwards. Carol Vorderman was there, Stacey Solomon, Nick Clegg, and uh, Michelle Keegan and Max George. Max from The Wanted and Michelle Keegan. Michelle's in Kardashian actress. And it's all very nice, isn't it, really? So, th- so they all had a, a lovely time. It'll be on the television this evening. And much tears will be spent, I'm afraid. It's LBC 97.3 at 5.30. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to 6. It's LBC's Early Breakfast with Steve Allen. It's nice to have your company. I trust you are well. I thought I'd seen most things on the motorway. The police saw something the other day that even... They had to scratch their heads over. I mean, I've seen people... Um, I, I got the worst on the train the other day. I'm sitting on the train and it was... Um, we had some... Um, in fact, I've had quite a few strange experiences. One of them was where we decided to sit at the front of the train just to be different and we got all the school children on. But they're from a posh school. They're all terribly well-spoken and they've all got their gym kit in their bags. But they swear like troopers. These are nine and ten-year-olds. In fact, it, was, it got so bad, I was going to take a photograph of their school uniform and go and report them to the headmaster for swearing on the train. First of all, when they got on, there's always a couple of them who think they're very clever. So they pick up the metro and they just threw it in the air. This is quite a well-spoken little little boy. And uh, and they all get on, OK, like talking about, you know, things we're doing at school. It's OK, you know, it's really like that. But they're absolutely, just because you're posh, you ain't well behaved. These certainly weren't. But they, it was the swearing that I thought was just too much on a public train. And I was going to contact the school and say, listen... I don't want to hear this kind of stuff first thing in the morning. You know, you might want to hear it, but I don't want to hear it. They threw papers all over the place. They're kit bags you have to step over, so I literally trod on them as I walked out again. No manners whatsoever. Absolutely appalling. And then the other morning I get on the train, I'm sitting there quite happily, and you always get somebody, you can see them walking down the carriage, you think, you're going to come and sit next to me, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I will, actually. And, uh, and she does. Um, I'll have tea. I'll have tea, I think. And so she comes and sits next to me. What does she start getting out? The makeup bag. And she... so bad about that. I oh. the bus in the morning. Yeah, but that's different. You're on the bus, dear. Nobody knows who you are. I'm a celebrity. <laughs> Not people sitting next to me. And so she then proceeds to start tra- five, j- five stops and oh, she's still trying. I can't help. She's sitting next to me. She's putting it on. I felt like saying, do you mind if I have a shave and a wee? Because I just thought it was awful. It's just, you know, get up earlier, put your makeup on. Ian in Harlow says, I wanted to say how much I enjoyed your in-conversation on Sunday night. Uh, Wilma says, I saw Scum in the cinema, I found it very distressing. When it's on TV, I still can't watch it. I didn't think they were allowed to show it on television. I didn't think it had been shown unless it was, uh, it was edited. Uh, is it unhealthy or do we exaggerate? I think they probably eat cheap food once a week or so because they like to be outside for a meal. Yeah, but the trouble is, the cheap food isn't really cheap food. That's, that's the trouble. It's, you know, you, you can buy cheap food if you go to certain supermarkets. But uh, if you're eating out in these fast food places, it's false economy because it's... It's, it's cheap rubbish. That's what it is. Anyway, this, this motorist is going down the motorway 
he was caught. Wait for this. He's driving the car. He's not a passenger. He's got his laptop on the steering wheel. He's drinking a cup of coffee and he's writing down answers to a radio quiz that he's listening to. The police crackdown, named Operation Tramline, led to 65 prosecutions, 39 of them for driving whilst using mobiles. And uh, they say here, should you crash causing death by careless driving, you can get up to 14 years in prison. Police used an unmarked HGV to peek into cars on the M3 and M27 in Hampshire following suggestions from lorry drivers. <laughs> Hello, lorry drivers, people I've seen on their phones, people doing everything else. Sneaky people, aren't they? Sneaky people. No, Bryn and Annie Paul are fine. I only saw them a short while ago, actually, looking in the, the rudest of health. He says, where would you recommend to eat in Twickenham? Gosh, I don't know. That's a tough one, actually, for lunchtime. It's a tough one. I'll tell you where it is good. The, the food at the Three Kings is good. Food at the Three Kings, bar food. They do sausages and mash and proper peas. That was quite nice. And uh, that's up Heathrow. We've got a new flower shop. New flower shop, honestly. It's all gone very posh, Twickenham. They're going to do champagne and chocolates. We haven't quite got round to that side of it at the moment. And um, where else would I go to? I don't know. Most places are all right. It's lunchtime, though. It's, it's, it's a bit studenty. And yesterday, there were no school kids anywhere, which I was quite grateful for on the train, because they are so noisy. But it's the bad language when they get on. And this little particular child, who looks about seven or eight, I don't want to hear them using four-letter words on the train in the morning. I mean, I, I, do, th I do think it's a bit, a bit too much, I'm afraid. So next time it happens, I might have to say, excuse me, would you mind washing your mouth out with carbolic? Because I'm now going, I've got a picture of you, and I'm going to have to report you, because I don't want to hear this kind of language on the train, in front of women and children. You know, normal, decent people. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. 84850, steve at I'm sure we were all like it when we were kids, weren't we? We all, you know, we thought we were being clever, we had sort of bother or something like that. But they're using, they're using very rude words, which I, which I cannot mention on this programme this morning, you know. Uh, 84850, uh, Patsy says, Amanda's lawyer said she'll not be writing books. Uh, well, she will. She will absolutely be. That's how, the, that's what the deal is. Uh, and it says here, uh, the Italian prosecutors immediately appealed so she'll not be able to discuss the case. Well, she's been found not guilty. She can do whatever she likes. She can, they, can, they can't stop her in America. So she will absolutely be able to do that. Uh, as for her parents being millionaires, the world is full of them. I consider you to be one as well. Well, there you go then, darling. There you go. <laughs> so I'm a millionaire as well. And, uh, but no, she, she, there's no, uh, the, there is no jurisdiction that can stop her writing about the case at all. Nothing in America. You should know that. It's two separate countries. They don't have any jurisdiction over her at all. She's in America. Even if they apply for extradition, if they decide, the uh, prosecutors, to try and get her back in because they, they believe. That, see, the trouble is, at the end of the day, a murder happened and the evidence was so thin on the ground that they, they couldn't make the prosecution stick. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. If something else turns up, because there were two people involved in it, we know there were two people involved, it's just finding out who the other person is. Is there somebody else involved in this that we don't know about? You know, what I would want her to say, which she's not said, is, you know, I feel immensely sorry for, uh, for, the, for the family of uh, Meredith Kircher, but it wasn't me. But I haven't heard her say that. You know, we've just had lots of tears and all the rest of it, which is probably relief. But no, she can write about anything she likes. The Italian prosecutors have no jurisdiction in America whatsoever. John Wayne fans will need to be quick. His family is selling off hundreds of his items, uh, including his Western saddle, embroidered with his initials. 
Not much use is it, really, because you can't use it in any of the films, because they're going to go, here he is playing Wild Bill Hickok, but his saddle says John Wayne. Doesn't make any sense. His Stetson, uh, which he wore in uh, Marshall Rooster Coburn uh, in 1969, they reckon could fetch up to £26,000. Blimey. You see, this should be in a museum, shouldn't it go into him? His eye patch that he wore in True Grit, 4000 His Golden Globe, £45,000. They must be really desperate for money, his family, for selling all this stuff. They hope to raise more than a million pounds from the sale of costumes, scripts and awards. How sad. That's sad that families sell things like that. Um, it doesn't say. Youngest son, Ethan Wayne, director of John Wayne Enterprises. It's become a business already. Said, this is a sale for the fans. They were the people who were important to my father. The auction will be held in L.A. Uh, it doesn't actually say what it's going into. It doesn't say. But either way, I think that's very sad when you have to sell your... your fa- you'd think they'd want to keep it. You know, your, your father's treasured possessions. I've seen it time and time again, unfortunately, if there's money involved. A million doesn't seem a lot, does it, for lots of John Wayne's things, his, including his, uh, his riding boots, I think, which he wore in uh, The Undefeated. He played the Union Colonel, I think, John Henry Thomas. There's a Warhol print as well, to reckon foot could fetch up to 16,000. These, these prices are very conservative estimates, because if you remember Elizabeth Taylor's jewellery, uh, the prices went way and above, way and above, because people want to possess something, and she did have the very best jewellery. You know, there was lots of stuff there. And Debbie Reynolds, of course, and all these items, I mean, she's got some fantastic stuff. I mean, she's got some really good stuff. But John Wayne, who was an icon to many people. I mean, to be honest with you, I I never watched a John Wayne film from start to finish because I never... Get off your horse and drink your milk. Never kind of appealed to me, that kind of sort of butch bravado from uh, from America. But I know that, you know, people were really, 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 you know, thrilled with the way he was. I remember when he ambled onto stage, he had had cancer and he came on for for the Oscars. And he kind of talked like that. And it was, it was just, it was the fact it was John Wayne. He was a big bloke, but he smoked about 100 fags a day, unfortunately. And, uh, and it was probably that that got him in the end. But he had, a, he had a, good, uh, a good innings. And, of course, the good thing is that he's made films. The other thing I watched on the telly the other day, and somebody else pointed it out to me, was they were doing a thing on points of view. And they showed Barry Took uh, when, you know, Barry Took was in his, in his prime. And he was very good, you know. Barry Took was very good. We had, did a lovely quiz on LBC 97.3 with Barry Took and Enritel years ago. And we had lots of famous people in who did it with us. And he was just very, very good at telling stories. And I saw him at this radio awards ceremony a few years after that. And uh, he was shuffling along. He'd, he'd got divorced from his wife and stuff like that. It was ever so sad because I thought he never earned a huge amount of money. People didn't in the early days. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Meg Cowie is in the paper today. Her husband suddenly announced he was desperate to have a sex change operation. <laughs> and so they have. So she, she felt like running away. But uh, now they've decided to, to stay together. And, um, and so they, they live as wife and wife. It's all a bit peculiar. It must be quite a thing for a woman to accept that, mustn't it? One minute I've got a husband, and now we're going out with somebody who doesn't quite look like a woman. You know, there's something that people are going to notice, because he's quite big. He's, he's, he's much taller than the wife. So they live as wife and wife. We used to have one in Newbury in Berkshire, and it was the local vicar who changed his sex. And, uh, and it became like sort of the talk of the town. I mean, Newbury was a sleepy little place. And here was the vicar who used to run a, a bird sanctuary shop. I bought something in there once, actually. And, um, and he just looked like an old vi- vicar with a bad wig on, I'm afraid. Oh, look! Sally Morgan! Psychic talk from the other side. And she's found a gem today. 
I'm 19, writes Anthony, and started college in September. My problem is I don't know if I'll be successful or not in the future. Could you tell me what career I'm really destined for? There's also a woman who I love and want to spend the rest of my life with, but she's out of my league. Do I have a future with her or not? All of this, of course, Sally Morgan hasn't got the faintest idea about. She said, I've sent her photos and attachment, but I don't think I'm much to look at. Right, well, you're right on that one, OK. No, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, put it this way, if somebody writes something as stupid as I don't think I'm much to look at. So, Sally writes back, from reading your letter, I feel you're stuck in a negative place and positive thinking could work wonders. This is a bloke who hasn't got any sort of career idea at 19, OK? I think you need a career where you'll mix with people. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sally Psychic Morgan does it again. You're going to have a career where you're going to mix with people, as opposed to what? Animals, aliens, toothbrushes. She says, a career where you get to work with the public would suit you best, as you're clearly very good at helping others and would thrive on being surrounded by people. What a load of old codswallop. Have you ever read such twaddle in your life? Sally Morgan, you're a disgrace. But mind you, you're minting it at the moment, love, aren't you? It is awful. But she says here, once you've settled into college, he's 19, OK, and you find your direction, purpose and goal, you'll feel much more contented. Girls should see this change in you and we're very attracted to you because of it. What a load of old codswallop. Unfortunately, your low self-esteem, your self-esteem is low, so in your personal life, you're not in the right frame of mind for a relationship, in particular one with this lady. In other words, she ain't remotely interested in you. All right, it's as simple as that. Unfortunately, Sally, who comes up with rubbish all the time, you know, thinks this makes a column, giving answers to the unexplained. You'd be better off, uh, Anthony, asking the cat next time. You'd probably get a more sensible answer. It's uh, quarter to six. <laughs> These are the headlines this morning. Amanda Knox has paid tribute to the people who supported her while she was in prison after arriving back in the United States. The 24-year-old touched down in her home city of Seattle early this morning after she was cleared on appeal over the murder of British student Meredith Kircher in Italy. Boris Johnson has been telling LBC he'll keep police numbers high if he's re-elected. The promise comes after he urged the government to rethink its plans for cuts to the police in the wake of the August riots. And a British woman has died after a helicopter carrying a group of four tourists crashed into a river in New York shortly after takeoff. The victims were named by the police as Sonia Mara, a UK expat who was living in Australia. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. It's Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Starting on the southbound. Morning, everybody. 11 minutes to, uh, to six. Nice to have your company. I see that Rhythmics dread the, uh, the hex factor this weekend as girl bands are often voted off first. And uh, my, my only advice to you is stop showing off. You know, you don't wear clothes like this normally. You look ridiculous. I'm sorry. Girl bands are there because, you know, they, they sort of a bit like girls allowed. These ones look like they're stick of the dump. I've never seen anybody so badly dressed in my entire life. There's one girl here, army combat trousers, silly Adidas trainers, which you look ridiculous in, oversized glasses and somebody else's hair. They look like that programme on the television where they put themselves in front of something called Pod which I've got no idea what it is, really, but they, they're, they're girls or boys who dress so badly and they, they, then, they then underdress them. They take all their makeup off and these girls go, oh, God, believe we've done it. This is what this lot look like. They look like somebody's gone to... This, this is what aspiring girl bands look like. I'd concentrate on the singing bit, first of all. If you can't get that right, don't bother with the look because you're not going to go any further. You know, I mean, this, this one at the end with the combat trousers, dear Lord, what do you think you look like? You know, if you are slightly hefty hideaway and you've got all that hair, which looks dreadful, and you've got glasses that don't suit you and you've got a big bag, you know, why don't you just go to singing lessons? Make it a lot easier. 
Gary Barlow has put his X Factor boys on a diet so they'll be fit for the live shows. And Gary Barlow knows all about diets because he struggled. He said the other day he's he struggled with his weight. And so when Take That went on tour, they actually had to um, to sort of go on major diets because it was really difficult. If you're if you're somebody who enjoys eating and you're eating at all the wrong times of the day, then quite rightly you're going to end up with with a little bit of, of weight. And so Craig Colton, who's uh, slightly peculiar, um, he shed a stone in a week. Well, that is really dangerous. You'll not ask any of the diet experts. Two pounds a week. Two pounds is what you're supposed to lose properly. Any more than that, and that's just ridiculous. A stone in a week. What the heck is he? But they've had an arm taken off or something. You never do anything like that. Simon Cowles admitted he was not living in the real world when he predicted X Factor USA would get 20 million viewers. 12.5. But listen, 12.5, site is not that bad at all. He said, uh, I wanted 20 million, but he said, I'm kind of back in the real world and I'm seeing this grow naturally. I'm as happy as I've ever been. And, you know, and that's good. That's good. As long as you're happy doing it, then it's fine. But uh, 20 million maybe was a little bit optimistic. 12 million, I don't know, for an American show, perhaps that's not brilliant, but I think it's, it's very good figures. X Factor reject Jade Richards has hit back at Kelly Rowland for judging her on her looks and not her talent. Fans were outraged. They don't have fans, these people. They have a few numpties. You say, like that. They're not fans. You don't know this person. She, the, the tattooed singer was dramatically dumped from the show at the weekend. And uh, Jade claims she got the boot because of her image. The furious wannabe told friends, if they thought other girls were better singers than me, then fair enough. But to lose out because of an outfit of my tattoos is gutting. It stings to hear Kelly say that I don't have the right kind of image or styling. I can't be something I'm not. I'm never going to be skinny and blonde. Then you're never going to be famous. I have to tell you now, and it's, it's a harsh reaction, and it's, sorry, it's a harsh reality for you, Jade, but the, the industry is based on looks. Why do you think I'm on the radio? You know, it's based very much on the way you look. And if you're skinny, and unfortunately skinny people kind of win out in the end because they're, look at, they're selling an image. They're not selling your voice. Nobody's interested in your voice. I mean, perhaps you're not aware of that. As long as you can sing reasonably well, the studio can do the rest of it. They're looking to sell an image. You know, fat and frumpy and tattoos, I'm afraid. Bit nav. All right to get them after you've achieved fame, but you can't do it beforehand because it just makes you look cheap and slovenly. You know, I'm quite sure there are some tattoos which are absolutely lovely, but it's it's not a good look when you're starting out, like like this girl band Rhythmics. You know, they don't have a coordinated look at all. They all look ridiculous. They all look ridiculous. But, you know, it's, it's, it's their five minutes. Five minutes in the spotlight. But I think we, we just have to be a little bit more honest with people. And the more honest we are with people, the better it would be. The more we lie to people, you know, the more difficult it becomes later. There's a woman here called uh, Maraid Kelly. Maraid Kelly uh, ended up in hospital because she had an allergic reaction to uh, a hair colourant she put on. Uh, she was uni- using Garnier Nutrice, and uh, it left her struggling for breath with yellow pus oozing from her scalp, which sounds absolutely awful. And uh, because she's got an allergic reaction to the chemical PPD, which is in practically every hair colourant. And what she didn't do, and this is why she fell foul of it, she didn't do the hair test. And they tell you, and it's written in letters on every packet of hair dye, do a patch test. 
you know, and you do it uh, for 24 hours beforehand. But people don't. They go out and they go, right, I'm going to do this, and they put it all on, and then their scalp burns. That's why you see people with badly dyed hair, because they put it on, they don't realise that your hair goes through different colour changes before you get to the colour you want. And so some people take it off, so you ended up with boys with sort of a yellow-looking hair. You know, if you can have it done, go and have it done professionally. I know it's very expensive, and that's why there's a huge market for people to actually go out and do it themselves. I used to do my own highlights years ago. I mean, I'm not much good at doing it, because the little plastic cap that they give you is ridiculous. And it was easier then just to sort of mix up the colour and just do sort of little streaky bits through it. And, you know, it looked it looked a little bit better. Well, I thought it looked a bit better. Everybody else didn't think it looked good. But for years, I had highlights, and I was quite happy with it. So if you are going to dye your hair today, you have to do a patch test. It says so in the instructions. But we all think we know best, don't we? We all think, oh, no, I don't need to worry about that. I've used it before. You know, I don't know whether she'd used it before, but she says, I was very scared, and Garnier have said, well, you know, I'm very sorry for her, but you have to do a patch test. And once you've done the patch test, and uh, you've done it for, you know, for something like 24 hours beforehand, well, then it's, then it's fine if you haven't had an allergic reaction. Uh, other stories of the paper, Sheree Murphy. Sheree Murphy has uh, arrived in Australia, starting a new life with husband Harry Kuhl. The former Emmerdale person, expecting her fourth child in January, had a tearful reunion with her man minutes after hopping off a 24-hour flight from the UK. I've never been to Australia. I keep meaning to go to Australia, and I've never quite, never quite managed it. Last performance the other night of Amanda. Not Mar Amanda here. This is Amanda in uh, Shrek the Musical. Amanda Holden getting carried away. And, uh, and that's good. A friend of mine went to see her the other day and said she was very good indeed, but uh, she ain't in it now. Uh, did you... Did hear you mention the film Scum? I do remember seeing it on television, says Paul. Ray Winston, brilliant performance. But being a Brookie fan, I was interested to see Bill Dean, who used to play Harry Cross as one of the warders in the infamous greenhouse scene. As you know, it was orig- originally commissioned for the BBC's for Play for Today and then abandoned, as was Dennis Potter's Brimstone and Treacle, which also turned up on the big screen with Sting playing the devil, both still being shown on TV and both not cut. Ha <laughs> ha. By the way, I think it's time we realise Lucian from Big Brother isn't a one-trick pony after all. Uh, after we all wondered why, after two minutes on Corrie, they were putting him in the house. I've now seen him in quick succession on TV and Shameless, and last week, the new comedy show on Sky Mount Pleasant, which has, among others, Bobby Ball, Pauline Collins and Paula Wilcox. Have to be honest, not only is he eye candy for the girls and maybe more than a few men, it pains me to say he's not a bad actor either. Read John Wayne. I could never take him seriously. When I saw a picture of him wearing the denim shorts and the bag over his shoulder... That's why his real name was Marion Morrison. Thank you very much indeed. The, the one thing you will not believe in the papers today is that Nicola Roberts, ex of Girls Aloud, is so busy she hasn't had time to give her Girls Aloud bandmates a copy of her Ace solo album. Oh, Nicola, love, you don't seriously think they're going to be interested, do you? And also, we have something in this country called The Post. You don't actually, you can't be too busy to do that. Do you not have people that can do things for you? You know, they can put an album in an envelope or something, or perhaps a courier company. Shouldn't have to explain it to you. You're an adult, I think. But anyway, she hit the top 20 at the weekend with Cinderella's Eyes, and uh, she says, I worked right until the absolute deadline getting my album finished. No, you didn't, dear. You just had to lay down the tracks. The engineers do all the other bits for you. Perhaps she's got no idea how it works. The album's not bad, but to say, you know, she's so busy she hasn't had time to give her girl allow bandmates a copy. Are they all talking now? That's always quite funny, isn't it? Having decided that steps don't talk to anybody at all. I was very worried about that one. But there again, you know, we knew it was doomed from the start. But the bad news is steps might be getting back together again. 
Uh, they might be going on tour. Ooh, sorry, sorry to mention that. So early in the morning, saying it's only Wednesday morning. It is October the 5th. We're racing through, aren't we? We're racing through. A lot of people getting their flu jabs for today. And a lot of people looking forward to the uh, Pride of Britain, the big night. I was talking to someone the other day who said that Cheryl Cole was standing there by herself with nobody talking to her. I don't know why, actually. I'm sure she's got loads of things to say. And then I think a few members of The Wanted went over and chatted away, and that was, and that was quite good. But the future of The Simpsons, I'm duty-bound to bring you this morning, hangs in the balance for the second time over a pay row. The animated show's in danger of being axed as part of massive cutbacks. Fox said it couldn't continue to make it unless staff took a pay cut. Uh, the actors make around £5 million a season for doing it. It's only a voiceover, but I mean, it's, but it's a well-paid voiceover. And uh, they are now saying, brilliant series, Canon should continue, but we can't produce future seasons under the current financial model. It's just a way of, uh, of sort of, I mean, to be honest with you, if I were the cast of The Simpsons, I'd hold out for the money. Because they can't afford to lose the revenue, and it generates so much. And uh, I think they do it in Japan. I'm sure they do the voiceover in Japan. I remember seeing a, a big thing on it ages and ages ago, and I thought, my God, I never got into The Simpsons. It was the only thing. I know loads of people absolutely loved it, but I, I couldn't... It just didn't work for me at all on any particular level, even though I've interviewed most of the cast at some point. Anyway, if you have just joined us, it's nice to have a company. It's LBC 97.3. The news at six is next. On FM, online and digital radio. Morning, everybody. Guess what, says Bridget. Stone the Flaming Crows. Ray Mars back in Priscilla. We had him on. He's on In Conversation. He was on In Conversation before, and he's coming back in until the show finishes in December. Do you know, this show must be doing really good business, and yet they're closing it. I can't quite understand it at all. And the other thing I can't understand at all, and you'll have to explain it to me, is that when you talk to people about Amanda Knox, everybody seems to have changed their mind. First of all, people go, oh, I, I, I thought she was guilty, now I think she's innocent. Seriously. And then you talk to some people who say, well, actually, I thought she was innocent, now I think she's guilty. And it's amazing how everybody is divided over this story. You never find anybody who's... I haven't met anybody yet who said dreadful mi- miscarriage of justice. All people are saying is, she's going to make a lot of money out of it, and, uh, and I now think she's guilty. But I used to think she was innocent. That's all we've, that's all we've discussed this morning. Jonathan Levi, good morning. Good morning. I mean, did you watch... Uh, to be honest with you, I don't understand... Italian trials, because A, they have a, a murder trial and the press are allowed in and people wander in and out and there's a lot of shouting and this and that, and then she was led into court and then she was led out of court and, and you th- it just looks like shambolic mess to me. But that's it, isn't it? Whether she did it or not, the procedure is a shambles. Yes, yeah. The bagging of the evidence, the interrogation, the style, mm. the, the all, it, all of it's an absolute shambles. I mean, that's, whether she did it or not, she got off effectively because uh, the evidence wasn't there, wasn't there and yes. had been tampered with, had been left for too long, hadn't been properly, there was no proper procedure in terms of how the DNA was, was looked at and so on. So, It is ridiculous, I, but I hadn't heard her say throughout the whole thing, I feel dreadfully sorry for the, for the family, you know. Uh, has she said that? Oh, she said that. When did she say that? Oh, right. Oh, right, her father said it in a statement. Because, uh, to be honest with you, this, this poor family of Meredith Kircher... 
I mean, they're, they're nowhere near finding out what happened to their daughter that night. No. Which is tragic for them. It is one You of know, those... there's all this euphoria, and they're saying, can anybody want to talk about our daughter? Thank you very much indeed. I know. It's, it's weird, that, though, isn't it? Max Clifford's got himself into the article in The Sun. I Saying, see. um, <laughs> PR guru Max Clifford said Knox had to win over the hearts and minds of those who continue to doubt her innocence. Yeah. And I think that he does have a point. You know, there, there's, uh, people aren't sure, are they? But it is weird no, with, you know, she's, you know, she got off, she is legally, she is innocent, she has been exonerated, she's free, she's back in America. But, um, it's weird in these cases, isn't it, that the focus is on the person that might have done it rather than the victim. I mean, think of Fred and Rosemary West and yeah. so on. You know, the, the, hard to, hard to remember all the names of those poor Yes, yes. What, what, what I find interesting right. is yeah. that uh, Solicito claimed he was on his computer on the night of the murder, but the experts say there was no activity on the laptop at all. No. Uh, receipts show that he bought two bottles of bleach the following day. His cleaner said she'd never used them. One bottle was empty. And it was, I mean, to all intents and purposes, it was a, a sex game that went wrong. Well, that's what we were told for a very long time, but now it turns out they were smoking marijuana in his flat. right. But, but, but so now Rudy uh, Guede was found guilty of killing Meredith, but questions now remain about his role and how he implicated Knox and Solicito. And after Meredith's murder, he admitted he'd cradled her dying body, then fled Italy, arrested in Germany nearly three weeks later. There was no convincing proof, though, that Knox and Solicito were in the room when Meredith died. Even the presence of Knox's blood and footprints in the house were explained away. I mean, the whole thing is just a horrible mess of... You know, quite clearly, an incompetent police force who can't get evidence together. And what does he say, the guy in jail? What does it? Well, so it? far he's not saying anything at all. Well, he, he's he's going to know, isn't he, what happened? Well, somebody must know, and I begin to wonder whether or not... You know, years ago you would give people, you know, the truth drug, wouldn't you? So that and yeah. you would ask them the questions, and they would do it as if it was done on the Jeremy Kyle show, when they say, did you do this, you know, and we and we do the lie detector test, the polygraph test. They they apparently don't do this. Perhaps they don't see it as being convincing. I was always told it was 98% accurate. That's what they say on the Jeremy Kyle show. Yes, they say this is 98% accurate. You said that, because people sit there and argue, and he will actually say to somebody, well, the, the, uh, the polygraph says, you did do it. He said, I didn't. And then you think, well, I don't know. Some people are very, very convincing. At the end of the day, none of us are ever likely to know because we weren't there. So you have to take, you know, all the bits that you hear. The good thing is that she speaks fluent Italian after four years inside. So quite clearly, nobody made any effort to speak English to her. And so she had to learn Italian to keep up, to, to keep up with everything and was able to argue very convincingly in court. Well, I can't imagine she's going to be going back to Italy anytime soon. Well, they're saying that if her, her, her prosecutor's trying to get her back in again. Really? Yeah. That they're actually looking to see as to whether or not there would be... An, it would take years to extradite her back again. She's not going to be going back there any time soon. I, I agree with you. Well, Jodie Marsh is pictured in the paper looking extremely peculiar. We've all as said a, that. Uh, that is sort odd, of uh, buffed, bronzed, orange bodybuilder. Um, there's, She's uh, tried everything else, hasn't she? Tried She's tried everything, everything else. else. It's for a TV programme. Right. Called Jodie Marsh Bodybuilder. Maybe this is the new, um, the new sort of diet exercise video thing maybe one low rent celebrity after another is going to become a i don't think you really want to go down that route do you of uh, of actually being a bodybuilder which no. is which is not you know it's not the most pleasing thing but they do become obsessed with the body beautiful and they mix with other people but uh, but generally speaking it's a, it's a sad life i remember seeing a program on the television i said earlier on about um 
about uh, bodybuilders in America, where the women over there did, they end up going very flat-chested, they end up taking on manly features, and by the time they've been coated with this Bisto stuff, which makes them, you, you paint it on the body, I know, because I had a next-door neighbour who did it, and his girlfriend used to paint it all over him, and he'd have to stand there while it dried. It looks awful. Absolutely, yes, well, not, yes, lucky, but not, not so much lucky. Or male um, bodybuilders lose their libidos and shrivel away, and it's yes, a terrible thing. It is. And, and well, there's so many drugs. shakes and things that yes. you have, but very bad for you. The, the, the whole of the bodybuilding industry is absolutely awash with, with drugs. And stop bodybuilding, it all turns to fat. Yes, and unfortunately, if you take the drugs and you take the steroids, which a lot of, which of apparently, from what I've gathered, you can get in so many places. not difficult to get them in gyms. You'll find somebody who, <coughs> excuse me, who will know somebody that can actually get uh, steroids. changes your personality. That's why we decided not to be bodybuilders. Yes, I decided there was no chance that I wanted to look like a triangle on legs. <laughs> it was very disappointing. Steve Talking of disappointing... Steve triangle on legs. Steve, Steve Allen, the triangle on legs. But um, I'm looking at the launch of the iPhone... The new one, very disappointing. iPhone who? iPhone, exactly, that's what they're saying. Yeah. That's what they're saying. It's, it's the new one, it's the iPhone 4 something or whatever it is. And uh, to be honest with you, I was looking for 5 at the yeah. same time. We didn't get 5, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, I'd love to know this morning, the government are now considering, as you probably heard earlier on this morning, introducing a fat tax to tackle Britain's growing levels of obesity. How they're going to do it, I don't know, apart from introducing a surcharge... Uh, on things like butter, milk, cheese, pizza, uh, oil and processed food in a bid to improve health. Now, I wonder whether or not you think it will work to tackle obesity. Because we do see bigger people everywhere, don't we? So do you think if they put a tax... So in other words, all the people who can't afford to buy this stuff are now going to have to cough up a bit more money. So perhaps they might be healthier. More vegetables, more fruit, five a day. The Tory fat tax, will it work? Text 84850 or tweet LBC 973. News headlines, Holly Ford. Thanks, Steve. Amanda Knox says she's been overwhelmed by all the messages. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. So, big, big discussion now over this Tory fat tax. Uh, because under measures which they've recently introduced in Denmark, a surcharge is placed on food that contains more than 2.3% saturated fat. Now, that's great for Denmark, because there's not many of them. No, they're very slim, anyway. And they are, they are quite slim people. And to be honest with you, I don't think, when we went over, you know, we didn't see Kentucky Fried Chicken and pizza places and stuff like that. Even in Vienna, they've, they've not got a Kentucky Fried Chicken, or they didn't have when I was there. Vikings don't really eat that sort of thing. They're not into that kind of thing, because they're into... Cooking, but the mm. trouble is, if it's if it's for people who are overweight, then that's fine. But what happens if you're an underweight person or a normal person in well, inverted commas? Incredibly annoying. Like thin people that can eat. Oh, fat, don't they just get on your nerves? Thin people. I can't. I never stand next to thin people. It makes me look even worse. So, is it now fair on people who are not morbidly overweight who eat pizzas? So in other words, they're going to have to subsidise the fatties who are eating the pizzas and all the other stuff. Because by the, by the same token, Don, I said that, you know, years and years ago, on a front, quite a, quite a number of years ago, because I've not had it for about five years, I would, on a Friday night, have some couple of drinky poos, yeah. and go down the local Donna Kebabby shop and have uh, Donna Kebabby with no salad, because I've seen them making it, and, uh, and just have the meat in there and a portion of chips and then wrap the meat around the chips. I'm salivating as you can... Oh, Do you know, I mean, to be honest with you, drinks, it's, she thinks it sounds awful. She doesn't eat meat anyway. So she'd sort of be, be wrapping a lettuce leaf around a chip or something. <laughs> but, um, but that's what we used to like. Well, delicious. In fact, it's making me salivate now, actually thinking about it. And pizzas, after you've had a few, few sort of drinks, a pizza arrives and you go, yeah. I wish we'd oh. ordered the garlic bread. Yeah. The dough balls. The dough balls, I know. 
but but if if they're going to put so if it contains more than two point three percent saturated fat, it'll be on cakes. It'll be on everything. Cheese. Yeah. Nuts. I've just bought a load of cheese as well today. A load of cheese. Yeah, a load of cheese. That's very lucky. Yes, but it's but, but I'm, I just wonder whether or not because if you haven't got much money, it's generally the people who don't have a huge amount of money who are going to be buying things like pizzas and chicken and doner kebabs and the fast food, yeah. and they and they target it deliberately at people who don't have much money. Yeah. So you think you're getting a bargain. You, know, you get ten pieces of Kentucky Fried Chicken, four fries and a Vionetta, and know, a huge litre of Coke, and we're going to scoff it all down in one. That's the way our society works, isn't yes. it, really? I mean, the less, less money you've got, the higher interest rates you have to pay on loans and things yes. like that. And but if you want to you eat, to you don't, and, and you're out on, on the town, you don't want to think, oh, I don't want to go home and start cooking now. No. So you see all the drunks queuing up in, in all the fast food places. Well. And for fast food, read rubbish. Because that's what it is. It's it's just it's not good for you. Terrible. But she likes it, and I've got a neighbour as well, and she loves the tackier the place, the more she likes the food. <laughs> you know, if there's gr- if you go in there and slip over the grease on the floor, she's happy with it. So she'll eat this. She doesn't put on an ounce of weight. You know, people like me, I've only got to look at two or three c- cream cakes, and I start putting on the pounds. So there's going to be. A 2.3%. I mean, they haven't decided. They're, they're considering bringing it in. I think, why don't you just close these places down? Make it so much easier. If you take away the temptation, then that's all right. Well, you can get them on health and safety grounds. Yes. The lack of the hair covering. The lack of the, the chicken hair. chicken cottages. Yes. We always talk about the, the fact that they're never wearing hats. Yes. Oh, you do get that a lot in these. But some places are very good, but some places are very, very bad. I don't like anything like that. Mind you, even on Come Dine With Me, we've seen hairs in food and cat hairs and stuff like that. So, you know, it's... I don't know. Is it is it fair on people? What do you reckon? 84850, LBC 973. I mean, do you eat this sort of food? Do you eat pizza on a regular basis? I, I mean, don't. No, I don't. Do your kids have pizza on a regular basis? Yeah. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> You're going to be paying well, the kids then. kids love pizza. Of course. Yeah, but they only love pizza because you've given it to them. If, if, if they didn't have pizza, they wouldn't know that they didn't yeah, like kids it. kids can get away with, with food because they do so much exercise. Well, I never had pizza around. when I was younger. Well, I don't I know, think we had pizza when I was younger. It wasn't invented. 1827. 1827. I, I remember just thinking, I came home from school on the oxen cart yeah. and we didn't, we didn't have fast food. Yeah, the first, first fast food we had was a Chinese restaurant called the August Moon. Yeah, you had a potato. Yeah. We didn't have any, but we didn't, there was no fast food around in, no. in the 70s and 80s. It, it didn't exist. When did, sort of, curry houses? Cool. Much later. Much later. McDonald's opened, I think, in Wandsworth, first of all. Oh, was that the first one? I think it was something like Wandsworth. And a friend mm. of mine said, we've got to go to this place. He said, they've got milkshakes so thick you can't suck them up the straw. I remember their milkshakes. And shakes. we'd go, lovely. And you'd sit there and go... <laughs> not and quite you the same now. No. no. But there's no milk in it, is there? I thought it was all powder and stuff. Oh, but they did used to be so thick. You had to oh, take delicious. the top off them. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we have a Big Mac, and you go, it's so big, it's two burgers and gunge mm. and more gunge, and then a little bit of salad on there and a bun that doesn't taste like bread. And we go, and then then I discovered the delights of a quarter pounder with cheese. Oh. I'm going to make myself ill in a minute. And uh, so, but, but you're right, people eat it. But if we didn't eat it, if our parents went, there must be people listening who've never eaten fast food. I don't, I don't see that many pensioners going into McDonald's or queuing at Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's all young people because they've obviously got the metabolism 
to, to work it off. Yeah, but those old-fashioned sort of London caffs aren't particularly healthy either. Well, no, they're absolutely dreadful. I mean, they, they, I mean, they've been a great institution, haven't they, for a you, very long time. But that's you not can't healthy, beat a good fry-up. No, absolutely, but it's Ooh. no healthier. Stella used to do a lovely one at the uh, at the Little Riverside Cafe, which is now mm. a Chinese uh, Chinese takeaway, and very good it is too. There you go. I do love a ch- The trouble is she used to do it, and I used to go, I'll just treat myself, I'll have a sausage... An egg fried on both sides and a piece of fried bread. <laughs> oh, yum, yum, yum. That was delicious, because I can't bear runny eggs. So all this stuff could come in, and it's going to be butter, milk, cheese, pizza, meat, oil and processed food. And we've all got it in the fridge. We've all got it there. All going to be paying extra for it. We are. A new survey says that 6% of women would sleep with a rich man in their 70s in return for extensive use of his credit card. I think, oh, that's I think that's quite fair enough, good yes. Going, and that, nine, that means 94% of women wouldn't sleep with a man. Because of his... Uh, oh, right. Money, doesn't it, really? I mean, they've done it as if, um, as if 6%'s a lot, but actually the vast majority of uh, 94% say no. would say no. Yes, good for them. This is a very upright, moral nation. Obviously not hanging around the nightclubs where all the girls are trying to meet footballers who are earning loads and loads of money. Oh, yeah. And then they go, do you have a gold credit card? Yes, I do. Uh, Steve, the Food and Health Authority only have to cut down the percentage of saturated fats in all foodstuffs. At least that would be a, a start. Well, in fact, you notice that. Marks and Spencers have done it, haven't they, and a few other supermarkets, where they've uh, taken out the saturated fats, and that's why the sell-by dates are, like, two days into it. Sometimes you go through the fridge, you think, I only bought that yesterday. How can it have expired already? Could be wrong. Could be wrong. 84850, uk. Jodie Marsh says Ian has obviously given up being the face of L'Oreal and decided to go for the body of Bovril instead. It's a, we, we can't fathom out why bodybuilders want to be this, this funny colour. I said it's to emphasise their muscles. Because I think that when you, when you sort of start doing the, the muscly thing, but because she quite seriously looks as like she's had breast implants, it looks a bit ridiculous. Well, you can, get sli- you can slightly sculpt six-packs, can't you, in makeup? Yes. So, um... You have... No. I have a maid. No. No, no. Um, but, um, but that orange colour, I think it probably helps with the old... uh, I don't think it's right, actually, to coat yourself in orange. It's not good. Uh, Cheryl says, we would come out of the pub and order two kebabs without the garden salad. Hannah says, how do they make the kebab salad? I always get loads trying to be healthy. They make it in a washing-up bowl, out the back. Donica bar... Donica bab. Yeah. Extra chips and a Diet Coke. Yeah. You want salad? Yeah. You want chilli sauce? No. <laughs> I never wanted the chilli sauce. But it was the, the salad. The processed food is cheap, Steve. That's why poor people eat it. It's made up of what's left from the premium ranges. Fresh meat and some veg and fruit's very expensive. If the tax goes ahead, children will be malnourished. Try it yourself. When round a supermarket, add up a healthy diet versus a cheap budget that poor people can afford. Well, that's what you see the adverts in the paper. Do you remember when they said, you can get all of this for breakfast for a fiver? Six eggs... Six rashers of bacon, packet of sausages, bread and something else. It's all a fiver. And you think, well, what, what is the quality? But it's the portion sizes that I get. Our portion sizes are just so massive. We just get used to it. But you know, I went, there's that um, museum on the Euston Road. I think it's called the Welcome Institute. Yes, it is, yes. Anyway, upstairs, there was an exhibition um, of sort of, uh, it was about food and stuff. And there was portion sizes from the 1950s, a little plate with food on it, and portion sizes from now. And we eat so much more yeah. than people used to eat on, on sort of, for every meal. Our portions are absolutely massive. But we feel cheated. And they never used to be. Yeah, but we feel cheated. If, 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 if a huge plate comes out and there's just a couple of measly sausages in the minute you go, and the rest of it is where? I know. I know, but people never used to eat so much. No, it's like Nouvelle Cuisine. We always complained about it. It was always very pretty. There'd be sort of two little slices of rare roast beef in it's the middle true. and half, half a, a, you know, a pea. It's one mouthful. 
It is. And then you think, well, what next? Yes. But the Japanese thing, they've got this thing, the Japanese have got this thing, it's called, um, and they're the longest-lived nation in the world, aren't they, the Japanese? Um, it's all fish. Yeah, it's, well, it's all fish and stuff. But they've got this principle in their diet, especially in the countryside, and it translates as 80% full. And every time a Japanese person eats, at the end of a meal, you aim to be 80% full. You end to end a meal 20% hungry. Right. So you all, you don't eat like we do until we're stuffed and yeah. all you can eat buffet where you just you know stuff yourself and then then you can, you just can't eat another thing and you can almost feel the food yes. rising to the they don't do that mind you you never find a lot of fat japanese people do you because because they're eating very healthy they're eating seaweed and they're eating you know rice and stuff like that all in lots of little portions all good stuff lbc 97.3 it's wednesday morning coming to you live from leicester square time now six thirty. If the government, uh, says Aki, introduced the fat tax, won't they be taxing themselves first, as most MPs are bald, overweight and drink and smoke? That is true. They do have their particularly good canteen uh, stroke restaurant down there. Uh, Jim says, should we call the fat cat tax? Does that mean healthy food will come down in price? Shouldn't think so. Nothing ever comes down in price. Whatever comes down in price, anything that's come down in price over the years, colour televisions. You know, when they first came out, they were terribly expensive. Mobile phones have come down in price. Video recorders, about £800 when they first came out. Yes, yes. And you can now buy a DVD player for under 40 quid. Incredible. It is phenomenal. Ron says, why should all the rest of us pay more? Because overweight people can't be bothered to control themselves. Well, it's a little bit harsh. (laughs) I mean, some people, as we've said before, are sort of a little bit addicted to to fast food, you know, and, and given the choice, we'd all want to eat cream cakes and, and chips and sausages and batter and doner kebabs and stuff like that. But then you get a bit older and you suddenly realise that, you know, your, your body can't deal with it. Mine can't deal with it at all, I'm yeah. afraid. Thank you, Chris, Christine from Biggin Hill. Thank you very much indeed for that one. And to, and to Chris from Amersham as well. Very interesting, very, very interesting. And Noreen says the weather has turned cold as predicted. Our friends have been on holiday in Turkey, and it's been hotter here. Yes, it's, 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 it's definitely getting a bit chillier as we go autumnal. Nick Ferrari after seven. He'll be asking how we can prevent communities damaged by the riots this summer from becoming stigmatised and how best to regenerate them. He'll be bringing you the latest from the Tory party conference in Manchester and discussing whether you think London is at risk from an education apartheid. All that in a full review of the morning's newspapers with uh, Zena Atkins, former chair of Ofsted and a social entrepreneur. All of that. And, uh, and my, uh, my auntie Janet wrote to me and says, um, can you send Maggie, me, your biggest fan, birthday wishes for today? So many happy returns. And uh, she listens all the time. So uh, there happy you go. Birthday. Happy birthday, Maggie. For today. We don't know how old. It'd be far too rude to even, to even guess, I'm afraid. Uh, first McDonald's, Woolwich it was, Martin in Rochester, at 74. Oh, That's the Woolwich one we went to. And we did have the big... Because we hadn't seen burgers like that. Up until then, we'd only had Wimpies. And Wimpies were quite nice. <laughs> Steve, I love the Wimpy bars. I love their waffle, waffles with maple syrup and squishy cream. Do you remember squishy cream? You get that now. You see people in Starbucks ordering this... It's, it's ice and a syrup, and then they do squirty cream on the top, and then they drizzle some something else over the top of it. I always look at it and think, oh, my God, it looks terrible. Um... Uh, one here says, if they put the fat tax, homemade pizza will be the solution. Nobody makes pizza at home. I don't think anybody does anything. Yeah, you do, but you're in a minority. You're in a minority. You know, hard, you know, we're not interested. Put, put the fat tax on, just for her. Put the fat tax on, <laughs> homemade pizza as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I don't care whether you make pizza at home, dear. It's of no interest to me whether... Yeah, still no meat on the pizza. What a dull pizza that is. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Sharon from Hackney says, Why doesn't the government make healthier food cheaper to encourage people to eat it? Makes sense. Well, because the government don't make... It's the, they don't make the food. You no. know, it's, the, it's the manufacturers that make it. And uh, there is a plaque in Woolwich... So, uh, thank you very much indeed. Why not tax the offenders at source? Tax the sugar producers and the animal fats and the oils. I'm very overweight and I never buy a takeaway, says Laura in Romford. Well, in, in your case, it could be glandular. Yeah. You know, sometimes you do see people. Water retention. Yeah, well, I've got a small lake going on down here at the moment, but it's water retention. And uh, one from Trix who says, I eat healthy, never eat empty calories. My problem is chopping veg and fruit and preparing a meal as I'm disabled. I despair as I'm on a tiny income. I'm not fat, but I'm not eating enough and my health is suffering. You see, I mean, I'd, I'd love to not be able to eat very much, but I can't help it. I sit down and mm. sort of get a bit carried away with things. You try and have a good day and not eat very much, and then you get very hungry and eat yeah. too much. Yes. M- uh, Wendy's were around in the 70s, and they did burgers, chips and knickerbocker glories. Aren't they fast food, says Lana? Actually, anything, that's a bur- anything you walk in and you walk out with is called fast food. It's takeaway. Takeaway is fast food. And Francesca says, cheaper and healthier to cook from scratch. I feed myself on... And two children on fresh food on a very low budget. Well, it's possible, isn't it? It is possible to difficult. do it. It is, it is absolutely. Somebody suggested they should tax the fat people at the till. At the till? You sort of get there and they go, OK, extra pound for you. Oh, just charge fat people more for Charge food. fat people more, yeah. Right. So you just make... So when you get to a till, uh, you have to... You, there's scales next to the till. Yes. And you stand on the scales. You stand they on do the your scales. BMI, do a quick BMI test for yes. your height and weight, and if you're above a certain level, you get charged more. Yes. In fact, uh, Noreen discovered that the other day. The doctor weighed Brian, the old man, and said, uh, you've gained £11, so that, right, go home. Noreen puts him on her scales, discovered that the doctor's scales were wrong. He's another £7 heavier than that. Oh, no. So, major diet when they, when they come back from, uh, from Scotland. You got a quickie there? Got a... Well, there's um, a lot about weight and diet and the X Factor. Yes. Um, and singing that um, Gary Barlow um, is, has put various members of uh, his, uh, his singers um, on the X Factor on diets. He's obviously tried to lose a lot of weight himself. Mm. Um, Diets are everywhere at the moment. Aren't well, they, because really? unfortunately, television makes you look fatter than you really are. So if oh, you're a fat about person, almost a stone. Does it about a stone? Yeah. Crikey! I mean, you have to be TV thin and thin are like different things altogether. Yes. To look thin on TV, you have to be as thin as a rake. In yes. Person. That's why whenever people see people like Cheryl Cole or Holly Willoughby, they are people go really so. Oh and people my People think you know Holly's sort of all curvy and a re- she's really slim. Yeah. She is, you know, they, they, I'm sure these people don't eat. It's a bit like the old Vicky Beckham thing, isn't it? Anyway, Boris Johnson says the number of police officers in London will never fall below a safe level whilst he remains mayor. Mr Johnson was speaking at the Conservative Party conference yesterday. It comes after he urged the coalition government to call a halt to planned cuts to policing. Boris also says he won't be looking for another big job in politics when he leaves City Hall, ruling out the suggestion he'll run as an MP. LBC 97.3's political correspondent Tom Cheel watched the mayor give his address to the conference in Manchester. Even before he'd stepped on stage, delegates here were smiling in anticipation. But amid the usual slew of jokes were serious messages. Keep investing in London's transport, the mayor argued, and you'll drive the UK's economic recovery. And there was a commitment to stop police numbers falling below safe levels. It's very, very important uh, to keep numbers up. And this is something that I believe in. Uh, I think that uh, most police officers understand the importance of it and, 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 and support us. 
That will be paid for out of fire and council tax budgets, with some help also expected to come from the Treasury. I'm very confident we'll be able to uh, bridge the gap and that one way or the other, Tom, uh, we will keep numbers high. And I think for, for a city like London, think what we've got to do. We've got the Olympics coming up. Uh, we've seen the pressures of, of public order with the you know, from G20 onwards, uh, we've seen the pressures on our police in London, times of economic difficulty. People want to see those police not only having uh, robust powers, but with, with sufficient numbers, and it's very important that we get that. Strikingly, the mayor didn't once mention Ken Livingstone during his speech, but Labour's candidate accused him of giving no hard commitment on police numbers and making Londoners less well-off. So as thoughts turn to next year's mayoral race, what will Boris Johnson offer for a second term? We will be bringing forward a new manifesto in the next months, comprising more river crossings, new tube lines and stations, funded migrant tax financing and new ideas for the betterment of all London. Activists gave the mayor a standing ovation here, but he knows Londoners will prove a tougher audience to win round next May. LBC 97.3's political correspondent Tom Cheel watching the mayor give his address to the conference in Manchester. Uh, very quickly, th there was um, they had a Star Trek convention the other day in America, the last one oh, yes. for Mr Spock. Oh. And so Leonard Nimoy, who is 80... Made his final appearance. Cult figure, Leonard Nimoy. Cult figure, because in fact uh, he he was killed off, wasn't he, in Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan? Not that I ever saw. I, I lost track after the first ones. I'm afraid I didn't know where I was going with them at all. But uh, he he did finish doing the you know live long and prosper thing, you know, which caused appeals to uh, all the Star Trekky fans who turned up and uh, loved him. He was a Vulcan, of course. Just in case you weren't aware of what he was. But in all these conventions, they they charge for their autographs. And it can be extremely lucrative. And what the celebrities do, and they have lots of these conferences, even here in London, they all sit behind a table and they'll say, oh, we've got so-and-so from Happy Days and somebody from, you know, Call of the Wild or whatever it happens to be. And uh, he was charging here, and there were 15,000 fans, uh, 70 cast members from the various series were there. He charged £50 for a photo and £50 for an autograph. And they can get through hundreds and hundreds of wow. these. It's a very lucrative day out very. for many of them. In fact, the Star Trek fan club has got more than 4,000 members in 228 chapters. So you're looking at, you know, people who are prepared to spend money to be with their heroes. But he's 80. And uh, they were all there. George, George Takei, uh, Walter Koenig, Nicholas uh, Nickel... Is it? Nichelle Nichols and William Shatner. I thought everybody hated William Shatner. I didn't think anybody spoke to William Shatner. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if you're a genuine fan, yeah. I think that's a real shame that he's charging. But if you're just doing it so you can put it straight on eBay and sell it for 50 quid, yeah. well, then he should make the money. Yes, but so I it's, think it's it's a way of, you know, the, these people, I suppose, because not all of them make the, uh, make, make the sort of money that, that he did, I suppose. But uh, there you go. 50 pounds. Seems quite cheap. I've heard of people charging more than that, actually. 14 to 7. News headlines, Holly Ford. Thanks, Steve. Amanda Knox has thanked her supporters on arrival back home in the United States following her acquittal for the murder of South London student Meredith Kircher. The Foreign Office has confirmed a woman who died in a helicopter crash in New York was a 40-year-old from Britain. Two others are in a critical condition. And the Prime Minister will close the Tory party conference later, reassuring delegates that the deficit reduction plan is laying foundations for a better economic future. The three. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. So the Tory fat tax, they're uh, deciding whether or not to uh, to help people who suffer from obesity by putting extra 
taxes on fatty foods. But to be honest with you, it's like saying we're going to put more tax on cigarettes for, to stop people smoking. It doesn't stop people smoking. No. It makes no difference, because if you smoke, then you smoke. And if they make cigarettes £10 a pack, you'll still smoke. And the best global brand for the 12th year in a row, guess what it is? Apple. Coca-Cola. Oh, is it? And it's not healthy, is it? No. We love these things. I wonder why. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't wonder why. I'm always intrigued by what's actually in it. The American soft drinks giant pipped IBM, Microsoft and Google in a survey based on sales, brand value and public perception. Apple only managed 8th, but it was up from 17th. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Um, Richard says fat is a vital part of a human diet. What's really bad is fruit juice, which is basically flavoured sugar. Well, it's fructose, and that's terribly bad for you. Yeah. It really is. I haven't drunk fruit juice for ages, and I used to get through tons of the stuff. It's fattening, rather than... Yeah. It doesn't have saturated fat in it, though, no. does it? Fruit. Oh, I, 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 I could down a carton of Tropicana oh, without no, any trouble at all. It's delicious, and it will make you fat, but it doesn't clog your arteries. No. It's, it's the clogging thing. of arteries that's the problem. That's the, yeah. Steve, at the Harvester in Crawley, there's a free salad bar when you have a meal. Very healthy, says Anna. They've got a free salad bar everywhere, love. They've got it in pizza. Some salad can be very, very unhealthy. Especially Sweet you... corn. Anytime you put a dressing on it, it's bad for you. you. Drench it in blue cheese, bacon bits yes. and, and, really, and mayonnaise. It's really not bad. Be healthy, is it? Yes, don't have anything like that. Uh, Fiona says, uh, why don't they just put width restrictors on the door of the Golden Arches and other such restaurants so the fatties can't get in? Oh. So in other words, we have a thin door there. Well, people just walk inside on. I mean, could we don't just have sort of something easier where you sort of stand on a thing. If, you, if you're too heavy, the doors open and you plunge into a pool infested with crocodiles underneath. Yeah. You know, let's, let's go for that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it won't stop the big eaters. And yes, it's unfair to healthy people. Love fast food, but in moderation. Fifi says, I'm on a diet. And you're not helping. Well, I mean, t- yes, I, exactly. Uh, John says, there's no incentive to eat healthily as there are too many bog-offs on crisps, chocks and other junk. I always buy and prepare fresh food. Buy, not all can afford to. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the trouble. They say, you know, buy this and you get that free or the sort of 10% free of burgers and... Well, the other way to lose weight is just to go on holiday to America because in comparison to so many of the other people there, you feel thin. Even if you're fat here, you're not fat there. No, there, I mean, there are some I mean, there are real super-sized people there. Yes. So it makes our fatties look positively slim. Yeah, but we are catching up. I do see some people and they are... They yeah. are quite big. Yeah, but over there you see whole families where everybody's over 20 stone, you know, yes. sort of... Enormous I, t- I did laugh the other day. I always laugh at the... T- there's certain television programs that make me laugh, and this one always makes me laugh out loud, and it shouldn't do, because it's laughing at other people's misfortune, which, of course, I derive great pleasure in, and that's with this Total Wipeout programme. Oh, yeah, it's with done Richard very Watson. well. I'm not surprising, because they put Huge people on there and go, show. I'm doing this for my country, and, and they fail miserably. They have to do an <laughs> obstacle course, like it's just on Frontier, but they've overlaid sound on it, like, uh, uh, and it's just the funniest thing ever, <laughs> you know, and they think, I'm going to jump on these bouncing balls. Will I get across? No, you won't. You'll <laughs> fall on the second one. <laughs> Linz reminded me and you as well that when you talked about the Japanese 80% full feeling, yeah. as a child, we waited 20 minutes between the main course and the, and the sweet course. Yeah. To, to, because you, what did your parents always say to you? Stop gobbling your food down. Yeah, Slow, so down. Slow down. Because I would sometimes finish it. And they just be. I just think no, it's cold. It's yeah, but cold that's the now. speed thing. That's the thing between speed and size. We gobble, gobble, gobble massive portions. Yeah. But people used to spend ages eating a small plateful, didn't they? So it took just as long. I'm sorry to ruin your day, everybody. I mean, it's, you know, it's all these things which which you like aren't good for you. No. And you and you and you know, and kids are great because while, when they're young, they're out on their bikes and they're doing stuff like that. When you get a bit older, you're not out on your bike. No. All people are just gaming now, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, Alan in Enfield says, Steve and Amanda, you make our day. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? 
It'll be like Domestos or something like that, I suppose, <laughs> really. <laughs> Wincarnus. Uh, read the, uh, the fat tax. Uh, not many people know this, says Tim, who is a weight loss and longevity specialist, but loads of skinny people die every year in their 20s and 30s from heart attacks. Under post-mortem, it turns out many have severe archery, occlusion and fatty builds up. This is from thinking they can get away with eating lots of fatty foods, especially saturated fats. The type of fat targeted by the proposed fat tax, because they don't get fat, but they get fat on the inside and it kills them. Well, exactly. That's why there's more operations done on archeries mm. nowadays, because you don't know. The, the, the first you will know that your archeries are clogging up is when you get chest pains. And that's when you, you start thinking, now I think we better start doing it. And, uh, and Jean says the same. Skinny people can have high cholesterol as much as fat people. It's about eating healthily, whether you're overweight or not. Yes, I'm sure you can be overweight and still eat healthily. Yeah, I'm you? sure, as, as you say, you can be slim and all unhealthy inside. I'd love to be, yeah, but the trouble is, I mean, I'm, loads of fat people, fattish people, would desperately love to be skinny. I don't believe anybody who's fat enjoys being fat. No. They really don't. I mean, I, I do see some people, they're quite enormous. Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. No, that's true. That's what, that's what Kate Moss said, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I have to be honest, I mean, given the choice, fat and thin, thin you want to be. Yeah. Th but some people are destined not to be thin, so don't worry about it at home. If you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm, I'm fat, but I, I don't want to be fat, it doesn't matter. It might just be your, your sort of makeup. Uh, Lord Ayres says there are only four of the, uh, of the Christmas puddings at Waitrose. They haven't got any at all in uh, Twickenham now, the Christmas puddings, Eston Blumenthal ones. Oh, they sold out? They s appear to have done so far, unless they're actually sort of limiting them, which I always think is interesting. Uh, another one here very quickly. This is from, uh, oh, Richie. Morning, Richie. It says the government should add the tax to the foods that are bad for you, but force supermarkets to use that as a discount on the healthy foods. Costs a lot of money to eat well. Buy one of Marx's little bean salad things for £2 for a healthy lunch. And I think it says this is part of one of your five a day. Well, actually, Marx now do little packets of vegetables. I kid you not, they're like... They've got tiny. Like, tiny. Who are they for? Tiny. Who are they for? Because you buy... You know, if I was buying green beans, I'm not going to buy some tiddly little packet. I'm going to buy a big packet and eat some today and some tomorrow. I know, but it's like when they, the supermarkets, they do one sandwich. The one do they? That, yeah, they do one oh. tiny slim thing. Richie, yeah. don't, don't, well, you and I probably wouldn't do things like that, which is, uh, which is actually much, much better. You don't need to do it. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, I think the, the final word on this, uh, I think, goes to Amit, the fact. Tax should be levied at 5%. Great idea. Fast food and chilled frozen food should be targeted along with crisps, chocolates and biscuits. People are too lazy to cook. You're not wrong there. You know why? We don't have enough time. No. We don't have time in, in the day to do it. And Steve says, Anne-Marie, my weight is caused by medical conditions and medications. I can't help it. Salt is just as bad as fat, says Gillian Molsey. And Linda says a lot of the cheaper foods need longer cooking and we can't afford the gas or electric it takes. I wouldn't know how long it took to actually make things. But, Salt's uh, a whole discussion for another day. It is, absolutely. Yes, exactly. We, we could do a whole programme just on salt. Just on salt. I'm afraid. So, so now we've thoroughly depressed ourselves this morning. <laughs> we better go and have I'm, some comfort I'm food. I'm going home. I'm, I think I might have a Caesar salad for lunch. Really unhealthy. Is it? drenched in fat. Oh, for goodness sake. I thought that was good. It's all lettuce no. and stuff. Just have the lettuce. Caesar dressing and the chicken and oh. all. Terrible for you. Oh, oh well, there Caesar salad. Thanks so don't much Don't even get that. me onto the croutons. No, exactly. Well, I don't, I don't eat croutons. Oh. I'll, I can leave those to one side. I'm all right with the croutons, but I, I had a feeling that the dressing was very bad for you. Never mind. Jonathan Levi, thank you. Thank you very much. Very much week. indeed. Yes. Oh, don't forget, there's that big Michael Jackson concert up in Cardiff this... This Saturday, oh, this Saturday. Isn't it? I only watch it on Facebook. Right. First ever pay per view Facebook concert ever.
Fantastic. We'll look for lots of uh, big-name acts in there, including JLS. So, excellent. Thank you very much indeed for that. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Go to the LBC website. Please learn how to podcast. Make an old man very happy. And, uh, and educate yourself at the same time. Nick and the team with you after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. First of all, the business update with Holly Ford. Thanks, Steve. The FTSE 100 will start the day at...